Content note. In this episode of Autistic as Fuck Out Loud, I get real. Talking common beliefs about neurodivergence and disability. You know, society's false myths, surreal expectations, and media's autistic superheroes. I talk honestly about our struggle, our resilience, our pain, and daily victories. Hi, I'm Johnny Profane. Whether you're autistic, love one, work with some, or maybe think you are one, you may not know that many autistics are successful in careers. But far and away, most of us lead lives of poverty, illness, and trauma. You may not agree with everything I say. That's okay. Let's talk about how you see these issues in the comments. Maybe we'll find some truth together. Is there any other way? I call this one actually autistic. Whatever doesn't kill your unique neurodivergent ass. Poverty does not breed nobility of character or humility. It just breeds hunger of body and soul. Trauma does not breed compassion, just pain and the spreading of pain. Disability does not secretly empower you with courage and persistence. It just limits what you can do. Toxic positivity is a modern cultural plague. It just keeps you buying stuff and working harder and harder to buy more stuff. Religion for consumers. This kind of positivity is not spiritual or uplifting. Just one more yardstick measuring my failures. Inspiring movie by inspiring movie. What doesn't kill you does not make you stronger. Not often enough. It just doesn't kill you. Breath after breath after breath. The difference between strength and misery? Not a choice, but it is very real. Honor it. This is a raw, unfiltered truth. Many of us who are autistic live it, but we don't talk about it much, at least not out loud, not with typical folks, not among other neurodivergents either. Maybe not even to ourselves. Whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Maybe that was true for brainy quote king, Frederick Nietzsche, a big maybe. I'd like to point out he is dead. But in my 70 years autistic, a steady drip, drip, drip of sensory, social, and emotional trauma. And a hell of a lot of what didn't kill my neurodivergent ass just piled up in giant heaps that I had to tiptoe around to get anywhere, making me weak, unreliable, shut down. I don't know about you, but I mask a secret shame in colors of anger, resentment, regret. Why? TV, Hollywood, the damn New York Times bestsellers list. Together, media create our social mythology, championing the lifestyles of Effective people. You know, folks who turn out tons of widgets and consume mass quantities while anxiously flicking their screens. Media gaslight us. Since age three, they whisper bedtime stories in our ears. You're either a prince or a pauper, hero or villain. 
winner or more likely loser. And that happy ending they promised you turns out it's totally up to you. Your personal efforts, your choices, your get up and go. So if you don't live happily ever after, it's your fault, buckaroo. You made the wrong choice, bought the wrong self-help book, missed that life-changing webinar, canceled coaching sessions just when they were finally starting to work. Facepalm. Make that a triple. Literally, this is a subversive fairy tale. No one tells a kid, Hey, there's only one Disney prince allowed per movie. Okay, sometimes one princess or maybe one uh, really lucky person of color. But that's it. The rest of us, we live outside the castle walls, gnashing our teeth, living ineffective, unproductive, soul-hungry lives. Fucking worse yet, these myths poison our families, friends, the whole damn culture. They glorify suffering, pain, disability, as if pain is some holy furnace purifying us for higher purpose. Which means, if we can't do circus monkey tricks like Brain Man or Greta Thunberg, well, then... We're not role models. We're not cheap inspiration. We're just, you know, losers. Or black sheep, food stamp grifters, a disappointment to our families. There's nothing noble about poverty. Pretending there is? I guess that smokescreen lets the more fortunate sleep with a clear conscience. Because being poor is not a state of grace. It's the fog of deprivation. I know. Into my middle years, I bought every elitist myth there was. Back in the go-go 80s, I remember my then-girlfriend and me packing up food for homeless guys. We discovered them tenting in the pines behind our condo. Good liberals. We felt sorry for them stuffed a few cans and snacks and uh, brown paper bags. I see her think for a moment, then go to the liquor cabinet. Grabs a 750 of Drambuie. She had a thing. Usually bought it by the gallon at that package store we used to drive to. I suck in my breath. Are you sure that's a good idea? Isn't that kinda how they got there? Stone cold silence. Stares out the window. Then she says, these guys are living out of backpacks. Another moment, then she turns to me. Who do you think needs a drink more? You know, over the course of 40 years, I was homeless in Manhattan, the Bowery, Bloomington, Indiana. I learned a lot on the street. Like, when you got a dollar, the nearest convenience store and a bag of honey-roasted peanuts are your best friends sugar-fueled instant energy, and protein endurance. They'll get you through to your next meal at the shelter. And the questions you ponder as you pound the sidewalks mile after mindless mile. How much? How soon? How far? Somewhat less, do you ask yourself. How can I stay humble? How can I better humanity? 
How am I supposed to pay for Netflix and Hulu? Poverty is a fight for survival, a hunger deeper than the body knows, a hunger for stability, safety, one freaking moment of peace. Oh, please, let it be today. Trauma never sleeps. Abuse, sickness, bullying, rape. These aren't coaches, mentors, teachers of compassion. They're wild animals that leave scars. And after they maul you, they feed on you for years. Nothing about traumatic experience guarantees we grow into kinder, more compassionate beings. More likely, we turn stone-cold, guarded, anxious, perpetually on edge. Why are you laughing? Can't we have one conversation without you mocking me? Or telling some family member an embarrassing story about me? I'm fucking tired of being cheap entertainment for everybody. My wife looked startled. I was, I, I was just sharing a joke. When I snap, I forget everything for a moment. I replay what she just said. So I told Willow, when you turned around in Walmart, you still had that pair of underwear in your hood from your laundry. It was nothing. With just a moment of reflection, I would have remembered she's my best friend. We're just sharing a laugh. But autism, it isn't always generous with those moments of reflection when I'm with others. Oh, look, I'm sorry. I was back on the sixth grade playground. I, I guess I got loud. I, I didn't even realize it. Hi, it's Johnny Profane. You know, I believe no one should have to pay to be autistic. That's why all my content is free. But to keep it that way, I rely on the generosity of people like you. If you find value in what I do, please click below. Together, we can keep this space inclusive and open for all. Thank you for being part of this incredible community. How many times have I lashed out? There's no counting. Not in retaliation, not to spread pain. I lashed out because I didn't have the spoons, the energy, to reflect on my own pain and act accordingly. Disability is a separate reality. Society wants to sell us cheap, inspiring posters, splashing bravery across a disability canvas with a broad brush. Just like all European Jesuses are laughably white, all disabled folk in your Sunday supplement are superheroes, math geniuses, Paralympic warriors, cute adolescent boys thrilled to join the Cub Scouts. Yeah, disabled folks can exhibit extraordinary strength if they, you know, actually possess it. But disability ain't a superpower. It's just an obstacle to thriving in this society. An obstacle that desperately depresses the number of widgets one can turn out in a lifetime. And the bucks you have for honey roasted peanuts. Missing legs, untreatable depression, or the inability to communicate your thoughts to others. For most, 
A disability does not lead to tales of triumph, just the day-in, day-out story of struggle to navigate a world that isn't built for you and will only accommodate neurodivergent you if they judge you deserving. Consuming mass quantities of toxic positivity. So let's talk toxic positivity. A kind of cosplay cheerfulness that's unrealistic and harmful. A myth that no matter how dire the situation, a positive mindset can fix everything. Like even if life handed you rotten lemons, you should still be able to make lemonade and sell it at a profit. This belief is not just flawed, it's dangerous. Sure, it invalidates genuine feelings, despair, anxiety, pain. And that kind of invisibility feels like death to many humans. But every super crip, superhero sequel also singles us out for ridicule, judgment, physical abuse, as everybody else earnestly chases a happiness they dream can be bought. A McMansion, a brand new Tesla, and the iPhone 99. The surreality of human resilience. The truth? Sometimes what doesn't kill you leaves you broken, at least in someone else's eyes, an object of someone else's pity, a chance for someone else to feel better than. Whether they kill your soul with kindness or eat your soul with judgment. I've written at length on finding my autistic joy late in life. The too long didn't read? I can't get what I need out of this society without assistive devices. Once I accepted that, joy grows every day. Nearly all folks who are disabled in this society need assistive devices. An artificial limb, guide dog, a talking keyboard, positive devices to overcome obstacles. For my neurodivergent mind, I need a different kind of assistance to survive this society. Devices that exist in negative space, that remove obstacles. I live in the country to keep sensory input to levels natural to me. I walk and meditate to reduce anxiety and uh, no peace when I can. I live alone to maintain my autonomy. I choose who I see and when to reduce emotional recovery time. I center my life around creating to experience joy and remove my sense of poverty. These are not badges of shame. These are medals that celebrate our persistence, our grit, our sheer power of will to live. Strength is not the absence of weakness. It's the ability to keep going despite it. And misery, it's not a choice, but a reality for many. It doesn't need to be glorified, but the different kind of strength it takes to simply survive, it must be honored. Honoring the struggle. Let's say we learn to embrace real human experience in its most raw, authentic forms. Struggle, resilience, pain, daily victories, and yes, both misery and the daily possibility of joy. Let's have honest conversations about poverty, trauma, disability, and the unattainable toxic positivity that fuels our consumer culture. 
if we don't acknowledge the full spectrum of human experience. We will never find a strength that is real. Just the fantasy narratives they sell us. So let's write our own neurodivergent narratives. No false myths we can't achieve. No unrealistic goals we were never interested in in the first place. No freaking superheroes. Something real for a change. What doesn't kill us does not always make us stronger. You know, I can live with that. There are wicked struggles and challenges for us, born into a world not built for neurodivergence. I put in my years raging, grieving after diagnosis, before creating a world worth living for, for me, which took me discovering that I was no longer alone. One at a time, over a few years, I found a community of people out there who got what we're going through and met just enough friends who are here to support and uplift each other without overwhelming me. How is it going for you? What is your real, raw, neurodivergent story? Let's start a conversation, share stories, struggles, victories. Let's build a community that's strong, supportive, and inclusive, and leave a neurodivergent culture for our children to give them the strength from birth for this alien world they will be born into. 